Help I Got a Mac, podcast episode number one. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to, actually, not welcome back, welcome to the all-new, brand-new, totally relaunched Help I Got a Mac podcast. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And uh, I'm Chris Biding. We just took the wrapping right off of it. It it smells like that new plastic smell when you open up like a brand-new video game or, or a Mac. You know that, that smell, it's like styrofoam, plastic, electronics. It smells like Mac in here. It smells terrific. And, and you know what? Now that we have the Max in here, it, it almost makes the room look brighter. It makes the room a little warmer, too. Yeah, it's getting hot in here. So, hey, <laughs> hey everybody. Uh, we want to thank you for joining us for the, the complete brand new relaunch and refocus on the Help I Got a Mac podcast over here at gspn.tv. You guys may be aware that we have uh, basically had this podcast out quite some time ago. And the original desire was that, you know, I got a MacBook for the very first time. And after being a PC user all my life, I was kind of a little nervous about how to do things. And, and of course, I like starting up new podcasts. And I figured I'd develop a, compu- a community of listeners out there who would help me learn how to use my Mac, which is help I got a Mac. The funny thing is, though, is the first time I ever talked to you on, uh, on NetJunk, I think I turned you off to getting a Mac. You did. Because were- I, I used the word smug. Yeah, and I think you were turned off by that. Yeah, well, the, that's the thing. I, I was I was right on the fence of buying a MacBook, and I was I mean I was saving up the money, and I needed something for the studio here to to really pr- produce some multiple uh, conversations and everything all happening at the same time uh, with various uh, Skype connections, and so I was I was really gonna go ahead and just go for the Mac. And then all of a sudden, as soon as I mentioned that I was on the fence thinking about getting a Mac, all of a sudden I'm getting email after email <laughs> after email from Mac fanboys that said, oh, it's about time you're going to get a real computer and all these other little smug comments. And it's like, it, you know, if you, how can you call yourself a computer tech geek if you, if you haven't ever used a Mac? And, and, you know, it was that kind of thing that just really said, okay, for $499, I can go get me another PC that will at least run Skype because that's really all I needed it for anyway. On behalf of everybody that uses a Mac and has an Apple sticker on the back of their car, I want to apologize. <laughs> but anyway, I will tell you that uh, eventually I got over it uh, and it was it was the, pe- the person who is responsible for my purchase of a Mac computer is whoever was whoever had the idea of releasing Vista when they released it <laughs> because the computer that I purchased to do Skype communications uh, had Vista installed on it and it was the first Vista machine I ever owned and it worked great except for I wanted to go ahead and use it for iTunes and every time I launched Apple's iTunes on it I got the blue screen of death now, I will tell you, I never got that in Windows XP. In all the years I've used Windows XP, never got a blue screen of death. You're, you're one of the few, but that's okay. Right. And, uh, well, I'm, I will tell you, I am a power user of Windows XP, so I'm pretty proficient at XP, and I'm glad I have the pop filter on right now. I'm pretty proficient. At XP. <laughs> anyway, uh, but anyway, yeah, so 
I, I'm I'm like totally in love with Windows XP, and then all of a sudden, all new computers are shipped with Vista. Now, luckily, I've got friends that you know have OEM versions, and I typically don't go and buy big box store items anyway, so I can have my PCs built. And to be honest with you, I will still buy some PCs with XP on them for uh, general purposes. But I, I'm so glad I got my Mac because I do like it. I, in fact, I will tell you, I love my Mac. And in a in a previous episode, the one that I'm going to eventually delete out of our feed, uh, but one of the previous episodes is the fact that it runs Windows XP when I want it to, is a is a huge benefit. Yeah, I I use uh, I actually have uh, parallels on here, and I use coherence mode all the time because I need to do things with our Exchange server at my other job, and um, it's nice. I I don't like going in it. I feel a little part of me die every time I I turn it on, <laughs> but uh, to have that security blanket there for people who who have just switched is a great thing. And what most people find is that, yeah, they've got that, but they find that as the time goes on, they rarely use that feature. Absolutely. In fact, what I am, what I, I am, when I, when I installed, okay, when I got my Mac, I liked it. It was nice, but I was a little frustrated by some minor things that I thought were, should be there that weren't there. And that was a little frustrating, especially the whole idea of having to buy a little $30 here shareware program and $25 here there shareware program. And, and that was a little frustrating and annoying at first. And But once I got used to the stable platform and the nice look and feel and the universality of a lot of the Mac OS feel, I really started to enjoy it. But then there were still these PC things that I needed to do that I thought, okay, I'm not really going to do that. But but I might want to. And then all of a sudden I found out, I was like, well, now I'm out here in the field and I'd love to be able to use my Adobe Audition 2.0 professional audio editing software. And so, yes, I I wanted to use it to, to do that. And yeah. I, I installed Parallels. When I installed Parallels, I actually for three weeks was using Parallels XP as the primary operating system and going to the Mac OS occasionally. Today, I run the Mac OS on my MacBook 95% of the time, and hardly ever do I go over to the to the XP side again. I know a guy, um, and I'm going to admit that I that I did this for him because uh, I just do that. I, I'm, I'm just going to bare my soul out here right now. Uh, a guy I know bought a, uh, a MacBook because he, he was looking at prices and things like that, and the price was really good on it. I actually installed Boot Camp on it, installed windows and in the process of setting up windows i actually formatted everything out from the mac on it ow yeah <laughs> again a little part of my soul died when i did that oh my gosh yeah so yeah. what happened in that scenario anything no it worked great and he loves it but now he's kind of coming over looking at my mac going do you think maybe i can install the mac os back on there again so <laughs> that that's cool that that he's uh you know it's kind of showing yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's who we are. That That's my experience. And this podcast, let's describe what this podcast is. Okay. W- why don't you tell us what it is, Chris? All right. Let me preface, uh, pre- whatever. Let, let me start by saying that uh, I am your typical Apple fanboy. Um, I've been using them since 2000, uh, since really OS 10 kind of matured, came out with 10.1 and the iPod and everything. I liked it so much, I actually worked for the company for a few years. Uh, at the Kenwood Town Center, you probably saw me. I was one of the Mac geniuses behind the counter. Uh, been to Cupertino twice, and um, yeah, I just love everything about them. I uh, love the company. 
except for that $200 price drop with the iPhone. But we won't talk about that. <laughs> Uncle Steve uh, hurt my feelings a little bit, but that's okay. Um, but this show's a little different. We're coming at the angle that, you know, I, I'm i the Mac fanboy, and I'm going to be the Mac fanboy. And uh, we're just here to help people who who are thinking about or have just gotten one, and you're taking it at a different angle that you're where, you're not going to blindly go where Steve tells you to go. And you're going to... You're still gonna kind of question everything a little bit. Yeah, I think that I think that's what's gonna give us a, a an interesting um, dynamic on the show that a lot of people are gonna like. I think. I think so because you got the Apple fanboy over there, and you. I'm not an anti fanboy anymore. I I was when I initially launched the show. Uh, Victor Victor over at the Typical Mac User Podcast. You know he he was talking about our show, and and you know I had some pretty darn hefty questions and concerns and gripes about the Mac OS. Giving it a little bit more time, I've grown to understand some of the reasons why they do some of the things they do. I still don't agree with everything, but by no means am I a a Mac fanboy. And I still say, hey, Macs aren't for everybody. And so I think that that's one of the things that we're going to talk about starting off with our very first email uh, from one of our listeners. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and read the email, and then, Chris, we're going to go through it line by line here and kind of answer her questions, if you don't mind. And real quick, I just want to let everybody know that's out out there listening. I'm not the expert by far. If if someone does, if if I say something or you say something that someone's like, no, that's wrong, let us know, and uh, we'll correct it. Absolutely. And in fact, uh, we're recording this live every Sunday evening at 9.30 p.m., and you can join us at TalkShoe.com. And there's a link over at gspn.tv. Uh, you just click on there, and, and it'll take you right to our live show if you ever want to participate with us. Um, if you if you don't want to, if you're not around a computer, you can always join us live, even even by telephone. So just write down this phone number. It is uh, area code 724-444-7444. And when you get in there, you just enter in the show ID of 404 Six one. That's show number four zero four six one. So uh, you can always back that up. Go listen to that number again, and just write down in your calendar nine thirty p.m. on Sunday evenings. Call in. Maybe you're uh, on a long commute or something. Especially in California, there's some folks out there uh, out on the highway. Anyway, um, yeah. So let's go to this first uh, email that we have here. This is a question from a listener, and she said, "Hey, Cliff." Quick question for you. I haven't registered on the new gspn.tv forum yet, but I have been thinking about getting a new iMac for my home computer. I have a four-year-old PC that I use for number one, iTunes, number two, Quicken, number three, web browsing, number four, banking, and uh, let's see here. I'm trying to go on. Okay. And then also she does a little shopping and she wants to she wants to start to be able to use Skype and video phone calling with her family back east. Uh, let's see. Is this a good choice? Uh, so she's asking, is it a good choice to go with an iMac? I'm so tired of the virus scares, the extra junk on my PC. I think I remember Father Roderick, who is an excellent podcaster and one of my favorite podcasters out there. Uh, over at sqpn.com. Anyway, uh, I seem to remember Father Roderick saying that there is a new OS coming out for the Mac. So should I wait for that? Or is it already out? Thanks for your input if you have time. And have a happy day, Christy E. Well, Christy, we have the answer for you right here. And I'm going to allow Chris to kind of take this. Let's take number one. Talk about 
um, the kinds of things that she does with her computer. So number one, Chris, she uses iTunes. Will that work on a Mac? Uh, <laughs> you should probably use mute. No, I'm not use Music Match. No, obviously iTunes will work works on a Mac. Yeah, it was written for a Mac way before it was written for a PC. So yeah. obviously number one, ding, yes. And in fact, I will tell you that it doesn't crash on a Mac. Uh, which is nice because occasionally it can do that on the PC side of things, and and it again it is made for a Mac and so it's native it is and it runs beautifully. And it can you, crash on a Mac. I'll just let you know. Oh well, it course. happened to me last night. But all right, did did you see our new logo for this show? I love that you guys created because Chris and his creative team over there uh, designed the new logo and it's got the uh, beach ball of death uh, in it and I, I I really like that, Chris. I see that a lot. So I, I thought it was only fitting that a new Mac user is going to be seeing that beach ball quite a bit sometimes. There you go. So anyway, iTunes. And if the, the neat thing about um, moving from the PC to the Mac is that if you're already using iTunes, well, then you already know how to use uh, intuitively one program on there right off the bat. So number two, she mentioned Quicken. What about that, Chris? Will that work on the Mac? Yeah, uh, Intuit makes a version of Quicken, uh, Quicken 2007 for Mac. Uh, it does have some features that are missing from like the new versions of Quicken. Um, it doesn't interface with certain bank uh, software properly, but you can still outport, uh, output. Um, I think it's a QIF file. Okay. And uh, import it into Quicken just fine. So. Okay, so uh, they, definitely we would encourage you to go to the Quicken website. And kind of do a rundown uh, of the benefits, or I'm sorry, the, of the differences between Quicken on the PC and the Quicken on uh, the Mac, and and take a look at that. Web browsing. What about web browsing? You've got a, a wonderful choice of web browsers. You've got Safari, of course. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Firefox, Opera, OmniWeb. If you want to pay for a web browser, I don't know why you'd want to. Yeah, I don't know why you'd want to do that. But anyway, I want to tell you that I have I have always been an avid Firefox user for many for years now and I love Firefox and the neat thing about Firefox on the Mac is it is identical to Firefox on the PC now the the look and feel of it's a little uh, the look of it is slightly different but but it's pretty much laid out exactly the same and most all add-ons if not all of them work just like they did on the add-ons in the PC forgot to mention Camino okay thanks Paul Alrighty, thank you, Paul. Uh, and also, want to let you know that um, I personally, just coming from the PC side of things, I don't know what it is about Safari, but it looked foreign to me, and so I don't like Safari. And of course, that was just one of those things that I'm so ultra comfortable with uh, Firefox. And I've used Firefox from the very first day that I've had my MacBook all the way through today, and I have no desire to change. I play with Flock uh, quite a bit, which is based off of Firefox. It's kind of a... I've used a lot of blogs and, and new media type stuff like Flickr and YouTube and stuff like that. Um, it kind of hooks into that a little bit better. Okay. So I, I like Flock uh, browser. I think it's pretty cool. So basically what we're saying there, Christy, is that you definitely have a lot of options when it comes to web browsing. And and the neat thing about the, the future of web apps is it's becoming increasingly easier to switch over to the Mac. Um, because, And that's one of the reasons why I did switch over to the Mac. I, to this day, have no program on my Mac installed for spreadsheets, for word processing, 
uh, for any of that stuff. And I don't even think I'll install it yeah. uh, because I am using, I, I'm not a power user when it comes to Excel and spreadsheets. So Google Documents, then the spreadsheets there work fine for me. Yeah, a lot of people, though, don't, they don't, they don't feel real comfortable doing that kind of stuff online. You know, uh-huh. I work for 79 bucks is going to be more than anybody needs uh, yeah. for a word processor or a, or a spreadsheet program. I will tell you that I have uh, some Excel spreadsheets that are pretty detailed that came from TalkShoe, actually, with my show stats. And I did install the trial version of iWork, and it's got numbers, and numbers won't open it. Really? Yeah. If it's got some formulas and macros and stuff, it does have a little bit of issue running. So, there. yeah. So, just so you know, there there is a possibility of some more advanced uh, spreadsheets from the X, from the Excel side of things that may not work with numbers. From what I heard, though, is that a majority of people are saying that a, a majority of files from the Microsoft document platform will work in pages and numbers. Yeah, I, I, I've been using both um, during my day job, and it, it seems to be pretty good. Um, when you export things out from... Uh, Numbers to Excel, it looks a little different. It's not as pretty, obviously, but it still it still does a good job. All righty. So there we go. We we've covered that. Now here's a big one, and this one where I think I'm gonna say you know because people are the question here is the Mac for everybody, and I'm gonna say no. Uh, and one of the big areas is this banking thing. Now what what's your opinion on the banking before I give mine? Most of the banking that I've used, and I don't have a lot of money to uh, to play with, obviously. But uh, you know, E Trade. Um, I have a you know Fifth Third account here in Cincinnati and a U.S. Bank account in Cincinnati, and uh, both of them work just fine. And what's the account numbers? Uh, well, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> uh, but both both of them work just fine for what I for what I need to use it for. Now, I I do know that there are some financial institutions. You go to their website. And then it says, I'm sorry, your browser is not supported by our site. You must have IE version 6.0 or later to be able to access information on this site. So that does occasionally come up. However, I will tell you how you can figure out if this is going to be an issue for you. Christy, if you don't already, if you don't already use Firefox, install Firefox on your PC. Good call. Go to all your banking institutions that you currently bank with. And if Firefox works for it on the PC side, then you know you're good to go on the Mac side. Now, I'm going to take this one step further and say, if I can't get to a banking website, that's not really going to deter me from getting a Mac. Okay. Um, and that's because if, if I really, really, really need to use IE, I'm going to know a nerd who can figure that out for me, a Mac guy. And using you can use... Uh, crossover you can use um parallels obviously yeah par- that, that that is true you do have parallels as a backup option uh the only concern and, and i know for a lot of people uh, and of course uh michael king in the chat room here in the live chat room where folks are listening uh is writing boot camp as well so we can't leave boot camp out boot camp uh, there, there are two different ways actually there's multiple different ways uh there's vmware that you can use where you can be running Windows XP or whatever other operating system simultaneously at the same time when you're with your Mac OS. Right. Or Boot Camp is an option of when you go to turn on your computer, you actually get the choice. Do you want Windows or do you want PC? And then, there's, and then there's Parallels, which kind of does the same thing VMware does. Uh, the, the advantage of, of VMware uh, is that it is it does recognize the, the dual processor and it takes advantage of that. Um, 
where Parallels doesn't. Absolutely. The only reason I still use Parallels is I bought a copy of 3.0, and I'm not going to pay another 80 bucks to get VMware. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so there are some options. The only thing is is that, of course, with a lot of people, money being what it is today and, and having our um, economy the way it is, money's a little tight. So when you already pay for the Mac, and then to think that you pay another 80 bucks for the software that – uh, allows you to do both at the same time. By the way, boot camp is free. I want to point that out. Um, but if you want to be able to run the Windows while the Mac is running, uh, then then it's about 80 bucks. There, there might be a cheaper version of something out there to, to allow you to do it still. Uh, but then, of course, at least $99 for a Windows XP Home Edition OEM version. Right. So you're looking at some additional cost to be able to do that. But I, I honestly don't think that a whole lot of people are going to be running into issues and it and I I don't know. I, I don't know. I I would like to know uh, if someone has a list of banks that that require IE, I'd love to have a copy of that to yeah. pass on to somebody. Well, I will tell you the one thing that has been frustrating to me, of course, I've just recently put a 90-day notice into my job that I've worked for the last 11 years in a family insurance agency to go into podcasting and new media full-time. If you're interested, by the way, in, in starting a podcast for your business corporation or for your individual use, please call Cliff at gspn.tv. And, uh, this message brought to you by Cliff Ravenscraft. Yes, and uh, BitCast Media Productions <laughs> at bitcastmedia.com. Anyway, <laughs> you like how we slid that on in there. No, you slid it in. I had I, nothing to do with that. I know. You helped me okay. along. You encouraged okay. me. You encouraged okay. me. Okay, okay. All right, so anyway, I, I'm leaving my job after 11 years in insurance, and as an insurance agent, and the fact that I'm still there through the end of this year, um, there are a good number of my insurance interfacing websites that will not work outside of IE. And so I, I don't. It, it's it's the business world runs on IE for some reason. Now I'm wondering. A lot of that has to do with I think like .NET and um, VB scripting and all that kind of stuff. I wonder. Now that Silverlight is a cross-platform, you've heard of Silverlight, right? That's the, I have no idea what Silverlight is. What is that? Silverlight is Microsoft's answer to Flash, kind okay. of. But what it also does is it's cross-platform uh, framework for .NET. Okay. So we, we could be seeing, and it works in Safari and things like that, so we could be kind of seeing that change you know, in, in, the, in the future. I don't know, okay. to be honest with you. I'm, I'm definitely not a developer. Well, the truth is, is that, and and see, of course, you you're hearing you're hearing Chris's perspective of saying ah, this really isn't that big of a deal. Christy, I'm telling you from my perspective, it's a huge deal. You know, when you buy a computer and you're you're interfacing, if there's one site that you use all the time that's not available to you, it is quite frustrating. And so, for me, it's I think a little the fire, bit. I, th- I think the Firefox test though would be yeah a good a good litmus. Test to see if that's going to work. If Firefox won't work, I might suggest that you not go Mac yet, unless you're willing to pay the extra money to install the XP on it as well. I would agree. Okay. Okay. Next topic with her. Yes. Um, looks like she wants to do shopping and uh, do Skype and, and video calling with her family back east. I will tell you that it's all, all of that is well. First of all, shopping on the Mac versus shopping on the PC, no different. No different. Uh, the Skype. It's going to work on both just as fine or just as well. And in fact, I find that I enjoy Skype much better on my Mac. Now, you will find um, 
they're a little slower to release the Mac version of updates. I think the the new version of Skype for PC has some some like 640 by 480 camera and high quality video. Um, but generally, it's only a couple months behind. But all the all the basic features are there. And the one nice thing that that she realizes when she gets an, an iMac or a MacBook or MacBook Pro, it already has a camera built in. So that's one thing she will not yes. have to buy. And a microphone. And I tell you, that is one of the coolest things. I, I cannot believe that they actually still sell computer laptops without a webcam and a microphone. That is just absolutely ridiculous. In fact, I think every monitor should have one built in. It's just a part of the new media that we're a part of. And and everybody should have one of those included. So anyway, that's my own personal take on that. <laughs> but it, yeah, it's going to be great for, for doing stuff like that. And if your other family back east, if they have a Mac as well, uh, what's really nice is built into iChat is the ability to do three or four-way conferencing video audio. All built in without a hesitation. It's just really nice. You know what, though? When I worked at Apple, I could not tell you the amount of people that would come up with and having issues with iChat not working in the video. Um, it has some issues with some routers. It gives you a negative eight error. Yeah. And uh, like at my house, like I, for the longest time, it would not work with certain people. Yep. And uh, very rarely do I have a problem with Skype. Yeah. So I, I think Skype's a little more robust. Yeah, I, I agree. But the, the ability to do multiple people in one chat, in iChat, if it works, it, it is nice. And it and it's pretty, too. I mean, it, it, it I don't know what it is about the simple little thing. But uh, it, it I prefer using Skype. And one-on-one conversation, I'm going to use Skype 100% of the time. But if I want to have two or three people in one video conversation... Um, I'll, I'm currently going to use iChat, but that's going to change because there are a lot of great uh, flash video web streaming applications that are coming out that allow you to do that. Have six or seven people all on one HTML page and yeah. boom, you're ready to go. Yep. So yeah, you definitely on the Mac, that's a good thing for you. So is it a good choice? Uh, she says she's a, she's sick of the virus scares and the extra ch- junk on her PC. Let's t- let's mention that. I think if she's if she's tired of viruses and, and the threat of spyware and malware and all that kind of stuff, people say, oh, it's going to be out for the Mac. You know what? It's been what seven years, six years now. Show me the proof. Where's the virus? Where's spyware? Where's malware? I don't run any of that stuff on my Mac. One, I'm I'm a good you know computer user. I don't go to certain websites. I don't open attachments. I don't know. You know, I don't get email from people I don't know typically. I get into a spam. Um, <laughs> I don't listen to you, Dvorak, slash blog. <laughs> I don't. Um, but, you know, I, I show me a virus. Show me spyware on a Mac, and then I'll, I'll go out and buy software, or, or, or I'll use a Clam AV. Well, let me tell you, um, when it comes to viruses, I want to tell you that I have had in the past, I don't know, as long as XP's out, I'm, and, and I'm sometimes prone to exaggeration. But this is no exaggeration. I've had about 13 PCs with XP on it. Okay? Not a single one of them has ever had a virus. You know what though? You're not my mom. Yeah. Who clicks on back when she had a PC, she'd see that pop-up that looked like a Windows XP window yep. and it says, "You have viruses." And she go, "Oh my god, let me click on that button that's in the middle of that." Social engineering. Boom. Done. Yes. Yeah, and you and I know not to click that stuff. Yeah, we know to not click it, and 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 of course those advert, you know the the attachments and emails, you know they're 
it, I don't care if you if 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 it's from Chris Briding and you send it to me and it looks legitimate. If I didn't ask you for a document and you didn't tell me personally you were sending a document, I'm sending you an email back and saying, "Hey, what is this?" Yeah. And I'm not opening it until you tell me what it is. But I think uh, for a majority majority of her fears, if she goes to a Mac, she's not going to have to worry about that. For the meantime, I'm not going to say it's never going to happen. It's going to happen at some point. And the person who figures that out is going to have this big bragging right. But for right now, I think she's okay if she buys a Mac and doesn't get virus software. Yeah. Um, you can get Virex. They still make it. Uh, McGaffey still makes it. So, um, I, I love on XP uh, the very free version of uh, AVG, which you can get at free.av or at free.greesoft.com. Com, I you can think. get a vast two for free. Yeah. So, but anyway, um, yeah, you don't have to worry about it now. Bloatware, bloatware is a huge problem on any box that co- or any computer that comes out of a box on the PC side. Okay. On the P- I was gonna, I was looking at you like, well, there's, yeah, no, on there's the- like that comic book program on a Mac, and maybe the trial version of Office. The tr- and I work, and that's probably it. Yeah, but but what I'm sorry, I did mean to validate that by saying on the PC. I agree with you. Uh, I pull a, if, as soon as I pull a PC out of a box for a friend of mine that's just purchased one. I will tell you that it's about 55 minutes of deleting software out of the program menu. When we have one for our, for our company, when when we have like a. We used to get Toshiba. We get we get IBMs now because they have less generally. But I would take out our license copy of XP, and I would completely blow it away and reformat it. Is that right? Yeah, I I wasn't gonna mess with like the free version of Nero or uh, the Yahoo jukebox program and the Google toolbar. Toolbar. I mean, um, so yeah, there's all kinds of that. And so no, you're not gonna get that when you go to a Mac. So. It sounds to me like, yeah, there there are some good reasons why a Mac may be good for you. But again, for me, the the number one thing I'm going to say is check on the Firefox and see if that banking works. That's the only thing that kind of really concerns me. Oh, and the what features are missing in Quick in 2007? Yeah, uh, you can go to you can just Google that, and someone yeah. will have a list. And I I agree with you too on the financing. You know, do that in Firefox, see how that works. And uh, she's actually also asking if she decided to get one now, should she go out to the Apple Store today and buy it? And I'm going to say no. No. And I would agree. Well, you know what? I'll tell you what. Yeah, I would agree. Because if 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 Leopard is good, which I'm holding judgment, I mean, you already loved Leopard. It's going to be... Oh, I've, I've tried it already. <laughs> it's going to be It's gonna be great. Um, and generally, Apple will let, let, give you a grace period for um, when you, you know... A grace period to upgrade for a low price or for free or just for the cost of the discs. But they generally only do that once they announce it. Right. So if you bought it tonight and they announced it tomorrow that it's coming out, let's say I'll pull the other the 26th, generally you're out of luck. Yeah. Unless you sweet talk someone at the Apple store, which is probably not going to happen nowadays. Yeah. And so basically, Leopard's coming out soon and very soon. And I would say wait. And uh, so that that that's our that's our answer for Christy, and I hope that's been helpful. And and I know it's not been just helpful for Christy, but there are a lot of other people out there that are listening to this podcast, and and our desire is to be out here for the folks who are just switching to the Mac platform, 
or considering it. And I will tell you, from just when I started and launched this show initially, just a lot of people said, oh, Cliff, I'm so glad you're doing this show. The reason why I kind of pod faded there and, and kind of let this show go is because it got to the point where I didn't know enough about a Mac and I wasn't able to answer all the questions. And so, you know, I, the idea was that people would come and help me. And now I've got Chris as my co-host. And, and that's why we're very excited to be able to continue on with this relaunch of our show. And I just thought of a really good idea for next week's show. What's and that? I, and I'll talk to you. I'll wait till after the show to talk about that. Okay, very okay. cool. All right. So, Chris, you had something else uh, that you wanted to uh, talk about. Maybe the biggest misconception when it comes to Macintosh? Probably one of the biggest misconceptions. Everybody out here who's listening right now has heard this from their PC-loving people, that these Macs cost too much. They're too expensive. Why don't they? Ha- why don't they make them cheaper? I go to Dell and get a three hundred and ninety nine dollar laptop, but I can't do that with a Mac. And I'm gonna tell you right now, that's a misconception. All right, and I'll tell you why. And I'm gonna argue with you, and I'm gonna completely disagree with you. And I think that this is gonna shine where we've got Apple Mac fanboy. I keep bumping up over the there. Table, I versus PC fan. So okay, you go ahead with your argument. Okay. So today I decided to because I, I I wrote I wrote Cliff about this uh, on Friday mm-hmm. and I'm like okay I'm gonna I'm gonna I have to prove him right in this because I knew just in my gut instinct that I was right that a, that a, that a, that a system configured as close as I could get to a MacBook mm-hmm. is gonna be more expensive so I went to Dell's website and I chose their uh, their new XPS uh, it's like a 13.3 inch display it's thin i mean it's it's a nice looking laptop um i didn't choose their 400 hundred dollar inspiron okay i chose one with the same size slot loading you know drive all that kind of stuff instantly it's more expensive baseline really yep okay so i went ahead and i went and configured it and let me pull up my little configurations here um Went through, yeah, I chose the Tuxedo Black. I chose a 2.2 uh, Core 2 Duo processor. Um, I did Vista Home Premium. I was going to do the Ultimate Edition because you only get one version of OS X. Right. You know, there's 53 versions of, of Windows. <laughs> um, I uh, I added a webcam because it didn't come with a webcam. Okay. Uh, it, came with a, it came with a one gig of shared memory. Okay. Same as a MacBook. Uh, came with 120 gig uh, SATA hard drive, and um, you know audio. And I didn't choose a fingerprint reader. I kept it uh, one year of service and support because uh, Apple cares an extra purchase. Uh, kept the uh, the uh, network card, added Bluetooth, um, and I also added a couple little packages of software that really didn't cost a whole lot more to the system. Um, one thing was uh, Microsoft Office. I put Student Edition in there. You put that on the Mac? No, no, I put it on the oh, okay, on the Dell. Okay, and I put iWork on the Mac. It was a difference of like twenty or thirty bucks. Okay, um, I also put Roxio Creator Nine Premiere on it because okay. there's no really good DVD authoring editing software native for Windows. Okay, and uh, yeah, that was. Uh, let's see what else I put on here. That was it. The total price I came to was uh, one thousand eight hundred and two dollars. Okay. Okay. I configured a Mac the same way, gig of RAM, uh, 120 gigabyte hard drive. Oh, and let me take uh, take that back. On the Dell, I did add a different battery. Okay. I added a 56 kilowatt hour battery because it normally comes with a 33 kilowatt hour battery. This is getting kind of nerdy here. 
And on the Mac, it comes with a 50, 55 watt or 55 hour kilowatt battery, whatever. Yeah. So I just want to kind of make the batteries the same way. Okay. Um, like I said, I added iWork uh, to uh, to the MacBook, and I'm trying to remember what else. I have these specs all listed out, and I, I lost some of them. Well, the, uh, you've made your anyway, point. Anyway, what's uh, the price between the two? The final price with the uh, with the MacBook is one thousand three hundred seventy eight dollars. So about five hundred dollars. About five hundred dollar difference to get the Dell. Okay. Now here's where I'm going to argue with you. Okay, because I'm going to go back to Christie's email for just a minute. All right. Now, I'm going to think about the $399 laptop that you can get out there. And I'm telling you, those do exist. And you can actually get the $399 laptop. And for an extra 100 bucks, you can go out and get yourself a Windows XP Home Edition thing. And I would tell you to go ahead and blow away Vista. So for $499, we're at $500. For $500, you have yourself a pretty decent laptop. Not much RAM, but you have a decent laptop with Windows XP Home Edition on it. All right. Now, can she do iTunes? Absolutely. Can she do Quicken without even worrying about losing features? Can she do web browsing? Absolutely. Can she, uh, let's see here, can she do shopping and uh, Skype and video calling with her family back east? Yes, she can. Is this a good choice for her? Yes. Does she have virus scares? First of all, you can get free antivirus, and you can train yourself and learn from professionals. Listen to a podcast called Security Now. Learn about the proper use of of computing. Teach your kids. Never click on anything that ever pops up. Never open email attachments. And I will tell you, with with some very good habits, you don't have to worry about those things. The bloatware, sure. You might have that when it comes out of the box, but guess what? If you're installing... You're blowing all that away, and you're putting in a fresh install of Home Edition. You don't have the bloatware because it didn't come from a manufacturer. So, for $500, you can do everything you just said you wanted to do. Okay, I'm going to take this same kind of model and flip it around another way. Yeah? What kind of car do you drive? I drive a Toyota Avalon. Okay. You could have bought a $500 beater car... That does the exact same thing. And Chris, ask me what I just, what I drove two weeks ago for the last five years. I don't know. A 1996 Ford Taurus that I purchased for $500. So you finally moved up and got something nice. And the only reason I got something nice and moved up is because I'm making a change in my career that will now require that I have additional usage of mileage move you know going to be doing some consulting work in chicago and columbus down in nashville and georgia so now let's flip that back to the computer she can get that four or five hundred dollar mac or laptop uh-huh but once what if she does want to do more with it what well, if she does want to use it a little bit longer than a year and a half or okay. two years if she configured a system on the dell side to do that she might as well get a Mac that also runs Windows, that also does this and that. And, and I will tell you this, and, and, and Chris, what do I have sitting right in front of me? I have my nice Mac MacBook with upgraded 2 gig of RAM and a bunch of other nice fancy little things. And, and what, what am I driving right now? I'm driving a Toyota Avalon now because I have an increased need. And so what I'm saying is if you don't have the need, if you live, if, if, you, ha- if you have lived 
within three and a half minute walking distance to work. I mean, you're, you're, my, my house is two streets from my office and I walk to work. It, it takes me no time. Then why would I go out and buy a, a Toyota Avalon to do that? That's a good call. Now she could also buy this. You, you need a cough button. I do need a cough button. I have a cough button at my studio at home. I know you do. By studio, I mean my couch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she could buy the six hundred dollar Mac Mini. Mm-hmm. I think. I think for the extra two hundred bucks, if she's already got the monitor and la- you know and keyboard and all that stuff, I think it's two hundred dollars is worth it for not having virus problems or, or yeah, the, I, the, the the Windows. Bleh, and you know. and I agree with you one hundred percent. A Mac Mini is a wonderful option, but it's not a laptop. Number one. Okay, and number two, you still have to go and do that test to make sure you can get into your financial institution, which is probably something you definitely want to do on a exactly. weekly basis. So I, I'm not saying I'm not anti Mac, but all I'm saying is, and, and I think even you agree with me, Macs aren't for everybody. Exactly, not yet. There is coming a day where I would say that I I could honestly say in my heart I believe that in probably four years from now. Anybody could have a Mac, and it's going to work just fine. But it's going to really take some of this initiative of changing the way programming is done for these companies who are doing business interfacing where where you are required to use IE and getting into some more web standards and stuff like that. And and it's it's a very slow move for companies to do that, but I'm thinking it's coming. Now they're also saying in the chat room, and they make a they make a good point, but it's it's a little different than it used to be. That Max typically used to have a really really good resale value. Uh huh. I mean, you used to be able to take you know like a uh, you know a G four and still sell it. I mean, ex- the only exception now the twelve inch power book still goes really really high on the internet because people love that thing. Um, but really, once the Mac Mini came out, the resale kind of market the bottom kind of fell out a little bit yeah but the the resale value is still typically higher you know dollar for dollar than than a windows machine just because it's a mac because windows cr- is a piece of crap after a couple <laughs> years I, i'll i'll admit that and and i i think i saw in the chat room i was i was kind of gazing over as we were having our conversation here um the hard drive in a 399 dollar laptop is going to be trash in 36 months or filled up it, it, well, it'll be filled up, but but it's going to be trash. I mean, it it will it will it will fail on you in thirty six months. And it's going to be like three and a half inches thick. You know, it's it's <laughs> going to be heavy. Your friends are going to make fun of you. No, whatever. <laughs> Ser- seriously though, you you will start having corrupted and lost data after three years. But for a four hundred five hundred dollar machine. I don't expect that thing to last more than two years. We spent that money on our phones. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, let's, exactly. you know. So, yeah, that, so that's basically where we're coming from. And uh, we're going to go ahead and ask the folks who are dialed in on the phone if they would like to ask a question uh, or add to the conversation here briefly uh, before we shut things down. Uh, go ahead and hit the request to talk button. We'll take them in order. And uh, the first call here is going to be from Wayne in Houston, Texas. Hello, Wayne. How are you, sir? Hey, just fine. And uh, um, I just want to go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, I just want to say you guys owe Victor Kahiel a shout out because uh, he plug he's plugging your show for you. So absolutely, and it's a good show, by the way. Thanks. Thank you very much. Uh, yes. Uh, 
Oh, maybe he, Wayne, did you have another thing you wanted to add? Yeah, no, I wanted. To, I just wanted to say about the, the young lady you were talking about earlier. Uh, one of my big concerns is whenever I was deciding to switch over from Mac or to Mac from Windows after my Dell crashed three times in a month <laughs> um, was uh, I figured I'd start with I'd start with the uh, MacBook Pro, and I had there's no money for MacBook or there's no money for Mac, so I had to go to Quicken. Well, I imported my uh, my uh, money file, and I've been using Quicken ever since. And I haven't run into a financial institution that I use anyway yet where I've had a problem. And the ones that don't uh, let give you access directly to it, you can download the uh, data file, and it'll, it'll plug right in there and start your account for you so you can track your credit cards and everything else. Awesome. Wayne, thank you very much for that additional information. So that's good to hear that somebody is successfully has successfully transferred from the PC over to the Mac and using Quicken without any issues at all. And he sounds really, really happy, too. He does sound like a happy guy. That's what happens when you get a Mac. Yeah, he sounds like a Mac fan boy, your, <laughs> your food tastes better. Your, <laughs> your vision improves. You, you don't. Look. The ladies think you're cooler. Yeah, no doubt. So uh, the next person we have online. Oh, before I go to Michael King in, in the chat room, and, and again, if you guys want to add to the conversation or have a question, uh, hit that request to talk button in the chat room there. Uh, but uh, what I do want to go ahead and say thank you to Victor over at uh, the Typical Mac User Podcast. Yes. He is a personal friend of mine. Uh, he and I are avid fans of TalkShoe.com, and we use the heck out of their services and uh victor and i are usually neck and neck in the top 10 of the the podcasting charts over there and he he's got an awesome show his his show he is is very big into getting interviews with a lot of people that uh that, that bring in a different perspective in the apple people that are using it for their professions and they always have uh what's your favorite um What's your favorite Mac app and and all those other great things? Go to typical Mac user p or typical Mac user dot com and check out Victor's show. And uh, so that's a little shout out to him. He he was gracious enough to give us a shout out. I'm gonna add that to my RSS feed tonight. Is that right? Yep. Awesome. All right. All right. So we're going to Michael King now. Michael, where are you calling in from? Michael. Hello, Michael. Michael is uh, muted. And he will be unmuted in just a second, I think. Oh, sorry. I must have hit my mute button. I'm calling from Houston, Texas. Okay, sorry Michael. That guy. Oh, that's okay. What I do really, you got for us? One, I really enjoyed your show, and I want to thank Victor for turning you on, turning me on to your show. But awesome. hey, I want to bring up this. Um, you know, when you're talking about the PC and the Mac, okay, when you want to upgrade to a new uh, OS, if you have a three- or four-year-old PC, most of the time, you're not going to be able to upgrade where on most Macs, a three- to four-year-old computer will upgrade just fine to the new OS. Yeah, it's got a longer tail. Very, that is a very good point, uh, Michael. And, you know, I've, I've heard that, um, and I agree with you. Whenever there's been a jump in the Microsoft platform, it typically requires that you get a new PC. Or they... Uh, and if you don't, you miss out on all this really neat stuff, quote unquote, like the arrow glass and all that kind of stuff. Um, we've kind of seen a change with, with the the flip from PowerPC to Intel. You know, those 
people may have a little bit more pain just because it, it makes sense to, to move on. Yeah. Uh, from what I've heard with a 10.5, it's going to be an 867 uh, power PC G4. So for the first time now, G3 chips, which have, you know, been around for 10 years, aren't, aren't going to be able to be used this time. So. You're talking. Oh, well. You're talking way above my head. I have no idea what you. The just guys said. in the chat room know know what I just said. I'm sure they do. It's that Apple fanboy <laughs> language that that you guys. I'm sure you just cussed me out. No, if you if you bought if you bought a Mac within the past three years, I think you're gonna be okay. Very cool. Unless you got a an old iBook or something, you're you're okay. Yeah. So um, let's see here. Where else was I going? The only other thing I will say about that, and and again to give my. Uh, somewhat biased and unbalanced uh, approach to this is that on the PC side, and and again, if you're a min- if if you're if you have a minimal need on your computing for things like was me- which was mentioned in Christie's email, then you can get a five hundred dollar PC. And when four years down the road they do um, upgrade to a new version of an OS. Then it, it if, I mean, you could literally go out and buy a brand new PC that will be optimized for that, and still be less than the original cost of a Mac. But I know your argument, but I'm just saying that that's a way to think about it. Total cost of ownership, I think, on a long run, it's either going to be a little bit out on the PC, or it's going to come out to a wash. I think. I will tell you this: I prefer a Mac, and if if I had if if I had a choice, I would go Mac, Mac, Mac. However, at this point in my life, I will tell you there is no way, not a chance ever, that I would have a situation where I at least did not have one PC in my home to, to have as a backup. Yeah, and I I used to be the guy that would, you know, I, I would read Tom's Hardware and and it obsess over the latest video card and tweak out my systems and, and download beta drivers and stuff like that. And I've gotten to the point that, I'm just tired of doing that. You know, it's it's like it's like my dad. I remember my dad always used to fix his car and my car and my mom's car and stuff. And finally he just started going to a mechanic and I said, you know, "Why how come you used to fix the cars?" He's like, "You know what? I've reached a time in my point a, a time in my life where I make enough money and I'm old enough that I don't want to deal with it anymore." And I've reached that in my technology you know, in my life where it's like I don't want to have to worry about tweaking the registry. Or downloading that newest driver. I just want a computer that works. Yeah. And I, and if it looks cool, that's awesome. That's a bonus. But I want it to work every time I turn it on. You know, I, and I, with a Mac, I always experience that. And I'm glad you brought that up because that is something I have noticed. Or actually something I forgot because I, I forgot about it. Is that drivers are not an issue um, in, <clears throat> in the Mac because... All the soft, all the hardware is made by and put together and manufactured by Apple. Exactly, so they know exactly what's going to be there. I can grab a copy of Tiger, go to any machine with an Apple logo on it that it supports, and pop it in, do a clean install, and I know that everything on that computer is going to work. Now, here is one last thing that I'm going to do that say before we shut down this week's show. I am going to say there is a certain individual out there, type of, or I'm sorry, type of individual out there that should not give up on the PC side of things. I, I'm saying go for a Mac, but the reason why Cliff would never go completely without a PC, I am what you call an early adopter. And I love gadgets. I love gadgets. I love gadgets. I love gadgets. And 
I don't want to. I don't want to run my Mac in boot camp mode. I don't want to run my Mac in parallel. I'd love to get out of the parallels altogether. I but I do love my new gadgets that come out, and there I listen to gadget review podcast all the time, and I always hear the this phrase: "No support for the Mac, yeah. only on the PC." See, for me though, you know. Oh, by the way, everybody who's saying games. Bioshock runs awesome on my MacBook Pro. Awesome. I, I just want to say that. But uh, yeah, I, I do understand. And, and for me, using Parallels or using VMware or Bootcamp, not a huge deal. And I know that somewhere in the labs of Cupertino, Steve and the boys, I know have a way to make uh, Windows programs work natively on a Mac because they had that technology with, with Next Step. I think it was called Yellow Box. And I know that they can pull the trigger on it at any time, and they haven't yet. Yeah. Well, everybody, that's been our new official relaunch of Help I Got a Mac. And uh, we're very glad that you came and joined us. Special thank you to Victor for plugging the show. We are right on after his show, strategic, strategically. Str- uh, strategically? Yeah, strategically. <laughs> uh, anyway, we're very glad to have uh, the overflow from his show come over to here. We welcome you to come back every uh, Sunday evening at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time and join us live. And I'll be in the studio once a month, and uh, all the other times I'll be in the... Uh He'll be in via Skype. I'll be in beautiful Finneytown broadcasting live. That's right. And, of course, I'm going to bring him in via Skype into my studio. And uh, that gives me the best audio quality for this podcast recording, which will go out in full quality. And, of course, I'll take myself and you and send that out to TalkShoe so everybody will be able to hear you. It works quite well. We do it on several other shows. And so uh, we're very glad to be able to do that. And uh, I don't have my website set up yet. I'll tell. I'll talk to about that offline to you. It's kind of a funny story. All right. Uh, but if anybody wants to get a hold of me, uh, biting at gmail dot com. Yeah, and if you if you have an idea of something to cover, if you'd like to uh, basically talk about um, what you would like to hear covered in our show, or have some advice about our show, go ahead and send that to Chris uh, and and spell out your uh, e- or your email address real it's quick. B e i t i n g at gmail.com or you know what even better go to gspn.tv join the forums yes and do it that way that's the best way um, because let me explain to you real quick one thing about the forum uh, I know we have if you go to gspn.tv slash forum you can actually get help from other Mac professional people um, one one lady had an old iMac did you see this thread in there I actually posted on the thread exactly she had an old iMac that was broken, and it kind of, I guess the power board or something got fried from uh, a power outage. And within minutes, it looked like people had responded to give her ideas of how she could go about saving that valuable data that she had on that hard drive. Yep. And uh, I'll tell you, that is, I'm, I'm very glad you said that. Go to, go to gspn.tv slash forum and there is a section called Help, I Got a Mac, and Other Tech Stuff. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah. So go check that out. You know what? Next week, I'm going to let everybody know why you shouldn't buy .Mac. And what to do and what to say at the Apple Store. Oh, that sounds good. Yep. All righty. Well, <laughs> thank you, everybody, for coming to Help, I Got a Mac. Live every Sunday night at 9.30 p.m. My name's Ben Cliff Ravenscraft. And I'm Chris Biding. See ya.
program is a production of the Generally Speaking Podcast Network. You'll find this and other podcasts on our website at gspn.tv. gspn.tv. Thanks for listening.